dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce and uh, we're in the bye rounds. One more to go. We've only got five games of footy this weekend. Round 14 upon us, Sauce. Yeah, hey guys. And an amazing round of uh, football that's just passed us. We're on to the bye rounds and, you know, bye rounds normally uh, give us less footy, which means less excitement, but not this round, Pez. We had, uh, for the first time in AFL history, the bottom four teams uh, all had wins. <laughs> first time in AFL history. You're kidding. No. No, 15, 16, 17, 18, all had wins. Um, no one would have picked it. We definitely didn't pit it, uh, pick it. But uh, an amazing round of football, Pez. But that wasn't even the biggest talking point of the, uh, the round. No, there was lots of things going on in that round. Uh, suspensions, things that were dividing the footy world this week, uh, especially with uh, David McKay on Hunter Clark incident, Hunter Clark breaking his jaw. David McKay, it's just a collision. He didn't uh, mean to bump. He braced for contact and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, He's just got off what we've just seen on the on the tribunal, so he is cleared to play. So that uh, I think a split in the media around fifty fifty of agreements and disagreements there. And I think what made it really difficult is the uh, match review panel sent it straight to the um, tribunal, and they didn't even have a uh, an actual a grade for it. They didn't grade it careless or reckless. They had no no impact. No, sorry, not impact, but no um no preconceived idea where about the conduct, the impact and the contact, and they just went the old handball, you know, the the Tom Mitchell, straight to the straight yeah. to the uh, tribunal. I don't want to do it. You can I do don't want to do it. I uh, do not want to be a part of this play or scoring opportunity. Tom Mitchell dig there. Um, but uh, I'll let you guys uh, handle it. And pretty divided, Pez, um, because he did, you know, as you, as you mentioned, Hunter Clark was left with multiple fractures to his jaw. Um, he was unable to take uh, to take part in the rest of the game. It was pretty impactful for the, for the remainder of the game. Obviously, the big comeback, which we'll get to later on in the show. But yeah. Interested to hear your thoughts, Pez. Should he have got off or of what we've seen this year, he should have been uh, pinged because it was pretty – I mean, the impact had to be pretty decent because he's broken his jaw. Yeah, as always, there's a couple of ways to look at it here and uh, one of the ways is the head is sacrosanct and you, you can't do anything to the head. Uh, in my view, David McKay didn't mean to – to collide with him. He's, he's gone after the footy. Uh, some people would argue that his feet were off the ground and uh, he has braced for contact, but you've got to be able to brace to defend yourself. There's milliseconds of time to, to decide what you do. Now, if I'm watching the footy and I see, oh, David McKay is going in for that contest and he pulls out, the ridicule that he's going to cop on social media, everything, it, it's going to be ludicrous. So with the result today, because he got off, there's still going to be collisions like that and there's going to be freak accidents where people uh, get really hurt. But if he if he didn't get off and he got suspended, you would have had to coach all players on how to go for the footy. I don't know if that's the right assessment there, Pez, in terms of, you know, like he would have been ridiculed for the, for the hit. And uh, if that's the reason that, you know, he's been let off because to you know, keep a, a tough sort of contest alive, then to me that's not right. I sort of tend to agree with you. I don't think he, um, I don't think he meant to at all. Um, he was, you know, going down for the ball. But in that situation, I don't know whether he has elected to bump or not, but he has bumped and he has made head-high contact. And as you said, sacrilege. And I don't know if I agree with it, but, you know, from the precedent they've set there, it had to be high impact. The contact was high. Um, so, the, you know, it was high contact. It was, it, I don't know if, you know, probably wouldn't be classed as reckless, but it couldn't be uh, classed as intentional. I think he has to get a week for, for that one, and just in my own, my own regards, on what, they've, what we've seen already as a precedent from the AFL tribunal. The precedent is the big, big issue here. The precedent is a massive issue where, where players have had less, uh, less contact with, with heads and people have been concussed, and because they've been concussed, they've copped a week or copped a t- two-week ban. Uh, so that's been ridiculous leading up to it. So they've taken everything else out the window and said, we need to, what are we doing? Are we going to protect footy or are we going to turn it into a non-contact sport? Uh, a little bit like basketball with a little bit of little bit of contact here. We'll call the free kicks when, when someone touches someone else. We'll play touch footy. I don't know what's going to happen. I just think it's a bit rough changing a rule and changing uh, something mid-season, which the AFL are famous for doing, changing, um, and love adjusting it. the rules mid-season. They get off on it. But they get off on it, just like David McKay. <laughs> but it's to me, it's something that, yes, the rule is wrong, but how can you compare? It's going to throw a spanner in the works for the rest of the year with all these, con- with the, all these you know, contact issues. And once again, the players are going to be left, uh, I don't know what to do when it's going for a 50-50 pill. I don't think this saves football at all. I think what should have happened is they should have graded it from the beginning. They could have gone through and they could have thrown out certain charges. But like... 
one, the AFL world doesn't know how they've gone in to defend it. Two, they don't know what they were defending. Like they've gone in there saying that it was reckless. Well, they didn't even say that. They said that, you know that was just it was. It, I don't know what they said, Pezzi. They said that he was unable. He should have made a better choice. But like, how how do AFL players approach this going forward? Well, that's the thing. He, he got off. So how do they approach it? They continue. He he got off. So he's done nothing wrong. So but, you. But next week it in the same. same situation, someone's liable to go for a, because exact same thing, and they they're going to get two or three weeks because this has thrown the precedent all out now. And like that's what I mean is you can't have a change of a rule mid season on what they've done this year and on what they've said and they've said it's you know we're around we're, we're around fourteen it, the head must be protected we're going to take into consideration injuries now concussion versus a broken jaw doesn't matter what it is the guy's missing weeks yeah but he didn't bump he didn't elect to bump but he's but, but you can't tell who's elected to bump he's made contact with his shoulder they've told it they've said it but he's turned his body he's turned his body so he has elected to bump he hasn't he's only braced. Oh. He's left the ground. He's braced because because Hunter went low. And so, but he's, he's left. But you don't brace yourself. Leave the ground. That's the that's the action he did in the in the in the film. Just how many holes are in this story? Like it's just it's like it's so it's. I just don't like that the AFL one sent it straight to the tribunal and didn't you know the old Tom Mitchell handball. I don't take any responsibility of this pill. It's all yours. It was nearly a flip a coin coin deal because everyone in the media they were split. And I don't know if it was for ratings and they're trying to just disagree with each other to, to create content or whatever it is. But they're going, one's really strong, oh, he has to get off. And one's really strong, oh, he has to get three weeks. He has to get four weeks. I have to, I have to take this out of, out of the business. Because I'm with you, Pez. I actually don't think that he should get weeks. I, I think that he should have got off. But to me, I just don't know what it, where it puts our game. It puts our game in a disarray a little bit because on the precedent that they've built up and they've, they've raved on all year about, they've literally moved the goalpost halfway through the season. Now, they're, like, if you look, you know, if Patrick Dangerfield's won earlier in the year or Ollie Wines the night before had been done after this, are the results different? Are the results changed? Like, it just to me, I don't know how you can move the goalpost mid, mid-season. No, they're going to back it up because Dangerfield's incident, he chose to bump earlier in the season. <laughs> he chose to bump. But, but there's the same thing. He's, he used the same argument that he braced himself, right? So he said he braced himself. McKay said he braced himself. They're calling one person a liar. No, well, Dangerfield, you could see when he's gone in, he's actually gone to the bump thing and then he's said he's braced himself, but he's actually bumped in that scenario. Yeah, I just I just don't agree with the, the, the argument of him bracing himself this time. I just don't – I think he's elected to bump. Well, I, I see it was uh, either flip a coin, uh, do whatever you need to do, but there's still going to be that grey area around it. Uh, I do not know how they fix it. They've got to protect the head. Do they uh, put the Caleb Daniel rule in maybe? I don't know. But everyone wears a helmet. Everyone wears a helmet. <laughs> Or just, just everyone learns how to kick the footy. <laughs> it becomes an elite, foot, elite kick. Elite kicks and then there's no contest because the ball doesn't touch the, touch the floor. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, wear, wear a helmet. Make uh, Some junior clubs that have done that and, you know, every every junior has to wear a helmet. So uh, if, you, if you're going to do that, you want to protect the head like that, do that. Like Paddy McCartan, how many uh, concussions did he have? Mm. He came back with a helmet and then as soon as he could, he just took the helmet off. He, he should have just kept it on. But so what for this because this one's not a concussion the the penalty like the rules change like that, that's just what it is because they've been, they've been penalising the result all year not the action because they're saying you know what like a couple of the ones they're like oh he didn't mean to do it it has been low impact all this 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 and now because it's not a concussion they've changed the rules because it's just a broken jaw that's because he didn't elect the bump he'd be eating out of a straw for a week he didn't probably he did, longer he didn't elect the bump that's what it comes down to source so if he he had elected to bump and the, the jaw was broken and everything. It would have been a worse uh, penalty than, than the others. But because all the other players previously had chosen to, to make contact using a bump and the head had accidentally hit the shoulder or had had a bit of whiplash and got concussed, that's because of the choice to choose to bump, where David McKay was choosing to go for the footy. He still turned his body, though. You can still go for the body like footy like this. Two hands down. I'm, I realise it's a podcast and I've just, <laughs> <laughs> just done the example there. But like, I don't know, Pez, I'm, uh, we're not going to agree on this one, I don't think. But uh, let's turn, uh, turn to one thing that we can agree though, Pez. Uh, Friday night, one of the games of the season, uh, an absolute shootout. Port Adelaide taking on my Cats and uh, the Cats uh, in an, an, a pretty impressive performance in that fourth quarter. Come out victors by uh, 21 points. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> I guess it was because he he put him on his back and and pretty much took him. They were dominating in the midfield there. Port Adelaide, how do you really go about them? Haven't beaten anyone really this season. All the top contenders 
They just get done. They get pantsed. Uh, they were in the game. They they were leading in that second quarter, Source. Uh, they came back and took the lead. They were leading by about 10 points at the start of that fourth quarter. And then Geelong just went bang. Comfortable 21-point win. And where to go to from here for Port Adelaide? They stay fifth on the ladder. They've got to get a, a top four position. We were talking about definitely top two. But they've lost against who? They've got lost against Geelong. Brisbane. Uh, the Bulldogs, Brisbane. So three teams above them. They're... They're and, not going too well, and two of them in Port Adelaide, which is which is you know the, is critical for them because you can sort of excuse if they came down to Geelong and they lost by twenty one points, or if they went you know when they went up to Brisbane they got pantsed up in Brisbane, but it, it's one of those things where you're playing at your home ground. You got to protect your home ground. You got to protect your home ground, and it was good to see that the you know the Port Adelaide uh, forwards were firing. Charlie Dixon, Dixon had four, and uh, Connor Rosey had four in the first quarter, and you only end up five for the game. But it's their midfield, Pez. Like their midfield has got to be better. They've got to be better at protecting the ball and implementing a game plan that allows them to put their you know they've got an amazing forward line they've got so many different um, scoring uh, weapons there they've got George Yalis you've got Fantasia when he's up and running you've got uh, old mate uh, Todd Marshall you've got you've got so many opportunities to score they've got to get better delivery into that forward line and, and they're just not doing it do you, do you think it's a, a, the midfield was the issue I, I've got a big issue with Port Adelaide uh, and, and what their issue was Tom Hawkins he kicked four goals four the commentators, as I spoke to you about Source, they were, they were going on about uh, McKenzie towed up Hawkins last time. Remember when he kicked 0-5 that day? Mm. He kicked 4-4 on him this time. Why is he playing on a big key forward like that? Geelong's big key forwards, they kicked nine goals between them, nine goals four, and that just can't happen. Aaliyah, Aaliyah, why doesn't he go to him? You know, I know he's a good intercept defender and he's one of the best intercept marks in the competition, but he needed a bigger body on Tom Hawkins to, to try and contain him and, and do something. Trent McKenzie, he's not a key defender. No, he's not. But I, I do think it is in the midfield of their pairs because, as you said, like, they're, they're not getting the intercept marks. They're not putting the contest there. But if they stop the ball from getting down there to begin with, it probably doesn't happen. They don't have to worry about, you know, who's playing on Hawkins because the ball is being controlled by their midfield. You can say that in they any had, game. But they had 15 more turnovers through the midfield. Their forward entries, they had nine marks. We just looked at that the lineup I just told in that forward line. They had nine marks inside their 50. That, that just can't happen. In, in, in this day and age where we're seeing big forwards, and they've got three of the big, you know, three big forwards in there, two of them in uh, Todd Marshall, Dixon, and you've got also, like, you know, Landon's go down there. You've got... Uh, who's the other guy? Todd Marshall. He's a pretty big boy. Like they can't have nine marks for a game of footy um, inside their fifty and expect to to be you know with the best teams in the league. They've got just a, as a damaging forward line as Brisbane, and Brisbane have have worked it out, flicked the switch. They've upped their their input into the the you know the the fifty with Joe Danaher there, and they're getting results. It's just it's not good enough for me from from them. I, I do blame their midfield pairs. Oh, you can blame your midfield all you want. You can blame any any team's midfield in a loss because, oh, you say if the ball didn't go down the other end. But the, the reality is the ball did go down the other end and they didn't have the, the cattle there to be able to defend it. So if you've got a Trent McKenzie on a Tom Hawkins, Geelong are going to be licking their lips all day. Like if you've got an, an actual key defender, like player that doesn't play, but if a Stephen May type is playing against Tom Hawkins, like what he did to him at the MCG, there's it's going to be near near on a different result. That's That's how big... That, that issue was for Port Adelaide. Yeah, it was definitely... Well, we definitely saw that last year as well, Pez, uh, in in a couple of their losses that they... Um, when they do lose, that their defence doesn't stand up against those teams and they and they can't expect to be piling on nine goals in your forward line and not stopping the others. So, yeah, interesting uh, <laughs> interesting game of football. Oh. Speak, speaking <laughs> of interesting games of football, Pez, uh, the first of many upsets to come for the rounds, the, uh, the Hawthorne... Hawthorne Hawks got Sydney. a nice thirty-eight point win over Sydney. Wasn't this an absolute shock? Oh. Like no, no one's picking this uh, in Sydney. Uh, this was—I don't even know what to say about this game because Hawthorne just went straight from the start and and were going uh, great guns against Sydney. They were beating them everywhere. They had more disposals. Uh, they had nine more inside fifties, which uh, was was great for a Hawthorne side who haven't been going inside fifty more than their opponent this year uh, at all. They had. Five more centre clearances, which was uh, against that Sydney midfield who have been, you know, had a really, really good start in the first half of the year. Uh, That's really good there. So uh, not too many uh, goal kickers. No one kicked more than two goals. It was spread around. Uh, Phillips had two goals. Bruce had two goals. Moore had two goals. Uh, Kaczynski had two goals as well. So they've got a big spread of goal kickers. They were running the ball inside 50. They were spotting targets. And it just looked like Sydney 
Well, they definitely gave up in that second half, but it, it looked like in that first two quarters when the game's on the line, you kept thinking, Source, Sydney are going to turn this around and come back firing because they, they're a finals team. They didn't do it. No, you're right, Pez. Um, they definitely had that sort of vibe to them where they sort of gave up, but I think one of the things that contributed to that was the... And it's not something that we talk a lot on behind the boundary pairs, but it was the umpiring. And one thing when we do talk about umpiring is umpiring in situations that affect or directly result in the goals. The free kick count um, was 26 to 10, um, which is which is a huge discrepancy. But, uh, it's, you know, the league average is 19 free kicks per game. So they were nine short of that and they were seven, you know, what's that, six clear over the top. But the main one was in that fourth quarter when they were when they were sort of trying to, they were in that game they had the arm wrestle there were two or three kicks free kicks in that forward line where just shepherding off the ball Buddy Franklin who normally is pretty protected by the umpires was was blatantly being held and tackled to the floor and they just weren't weren't able to to get into the game because there was a you know very frustrated. Uh, Sydney, that every time that they got into a good scoring opportunity, they were able to just be manhandled. And it was, you know, very, very frustrating from from someone who was watching the game, wa- wanting Sydney to go in and come back, having that, dis- you know, those those impact the the, the game. Uh, who was the umpire? I couldn't care less, Pez. You don't know who the umpire was? No, do you know who it was? Razor Ray didn't have anything to do with it. Was that him, was it? Razor Ray? Involved in a few of those controversial calls. He's uh, He pisses me off, actually. This umpire, because no one in their right mind should know the name of an umpire that umpires the game. You watch the NBA, you don't know any umpires. You watch NBA, whatever you watch, you don't know who the umpire is, and you shouldn't know who the umpire is. He tries to make it all about him. He pissed me off in the in the big freeze, which well, well that's that's why he had the, that's why he had to perform this week. That's why he had to have uh, be talked about with all those controversies, so he could get his name up in the big freeze. Well, we'll get to him because he's he's gone in the big freeze and he's. Raise money, so he's done a great job, but he's a dickhead. And <laughs> I, I've just had enough of him, and, and, and it's only him, saying, this is about me. I'm going to make a call, and I'm going, to get high, I'm going to get a highlight reel as an umpire. It's ridiculous. Umpire your 300 games. Umpire your 400 games. Just do a good job and try and make the right calls. Don't make it about you, and don't ruin games of footy. Jeez. Throw down the hammer, Pez. A little bit, uh, can you hear the frustration in your voice there, Pez? Don't like uh, Razor Ray. <laughs> No, I don't like that I know his name. Why should I know his name? You should only know uh, Jesse, mate, our mate, the goal umpire, who's uh, dropped the ball. Goal umpire is a different story. <laughs> he's dropped the ball a little bit. We could name two or three goal umpires, actually. <laughs> All right, speaking of uh, people that made the goal umpires work, uh, normally Fremantle have been uh, very inaccurate this year. They started the game um, much the same, but it was Fremantle taking on Gold Coast, and they uh, get the job done pretty, pretty convincingly in the end. After a bit of a, a struggle early on, it was a bit of a... A boring game, Pez. A little bit hard to watch. Us, the Gold Coast Suns seemed very on top of Fremantle early. They were dominated. They were, they were dominating early and just could not get a score on the board in that opening an opening quarter. And probably, you know, if they'd taken the lead into that first quarter, they'd probably get the job done or a little bit more competitive. But again, disappointing from the Gold Coast Suns. The big issue was, was that second quarter for, for Gold Coast because they absolutely dominated. Most of the time spent inside their forward half and it was thanks to Fremantle's kicking. Fremantle's kicking was atrocious coming off halfback and they just turned the ball over time after time. Gold Coast would go down there, either turn the ball over inside 50 or kick it behind. Some shots were, were very, very simple. One goal, eight up until halftime and you thought half time's come, that's it. For, for the Gold Coast Suns, they're, they're not going anymore. Third quarter comes out and it was a different story. It was 22 to 14 at halftime source. No scores, like a low-scoring game. Freeman will come out and kick six goals in the third quarter and Gold Coast miraculously kick, kick four goals, one, instead of the five behinds that they kicked in that second second quarter. So different game if, if Gold Coast actually convert their chances in that, in that first quarter because they would have kept going with that momentum. Pile on two, three, four goals. Have a three-goal lead at halftime. It's a different ball game in the second half. But credit to Fremantle. They were able to put that... One of the worst quarters I've seen a team play a footy in that second quarter. They were able to put it behind them and uh, dominate Gold Coast in the end and have a comfortable win. Yeah, David Mundy was instrumental in that third quarter. Father time, mate. He's like a fine wine. He's getting older uh, every day, obviously, like we all are, but he's getting better with age. Uh, He had five clearances and eight disposals, and uh, he really, you know, inspired that six-goal quarter that you talk about. And to take a 21-point lead into that fourth quarter, uh, they they just 
turned it on, and it's really disappointing that Gold Coast again have let themselves will kick themselves out of a game. We've seen it, you know, they're they're bringing the effort. Um, you know, Will Power was fantastic. He had twenty six and eight, you know, rebound fifties. Took Miller was, you know, his, his usual self, 31. Uh, Caleb Sarong, sorry, not sorry, Caleb Sarong. Um, Brandon Ellis was fantastic. They got all these names, but, you know, King was unable to convert. He was, you know, no goals, goals too. But if he, he kicks a couple of those goals, they're back in this game. Really disappointing. And Alex Pierce, really good performance. Last time we saw him on the footy field, he got injured and we thought his career might be over because he's a very injury-prone player, but he got through the game, kept King goalless as well. I was pretty impressed because Tabiner wasn't playing, Nat Fife wasn't playing source, so Freeman would get over the line was really good. Tracy up, up forward, he kicked two goals, three, but he was super impressive. Uh, he was he was the target up forward. He was taking good marks, uh, clunking it, so uh, maybe a good find. Uh, you can't go off... You know, one quarter of footy and things like that. But he has been impressive in, in patches this year. So one to watch uh, for the listeners upcoming. 100% pairs. A small sample size, as you said. Um, but what was, was impressive for Fremantle was just the overpossession of the ball. They always were um, moving the ball forward. They, they won the possession count. You know, not that um, disposals are always an indicator of the game, but they, they won them by over 80 disposals, um, keeping control of that foot and all, making Gold Coast really earn um, any opportunities they had after they, you know, they, as I said, they, they dominated that first first half footy. So, yeah, a bit disappointing for, for um, the Gold Coast. Fremantle make another win and uh, keep their finals, finals hope alive, Piz. Yeah, a couple of things you said there. A bit disappointing and a big first half lead. That that's, sums up the next game, doesn't it? <laughs> I didn't say lead, Pez. I didn't say big half lead. Um, I'm going to give my really short synopsis here because uh, I heard you get angry at uh, Razor Ray. I cannot <laughs> wait to hear about this. This was an absolute disgrace from St Kilda. They led uh, at one point in the third quarter by 36 points. The game was uh, done and dusted and they let a first-year player and Adelaide, one of the worst teams in the league, pile on seven goals and... Uh, yeah, they scored. They scored six points for the, in, in, for the for the second half of football. It was pretty disgusting, Pez. Uh, yeah, oh, it's no good. We were we were eight goals six when they kicked that first goal in the third quarter, source, and then uh, six behinds for the rest of the game. So, one goal uh, six in in that second half for St Kilda was not too good. They started off uh, four goals three, didn't take the opportunities, but it was twenty seven to zero. And the commentators, all they could say is, will they keep a team to zero points for a whole half? Uh, it ended up being a five-goal lead at uh, halftime. 36-point lead, as you said, uh, when Brad Crouch kicked that goal in the third quarter. But I don't even know what happened. Sitting there on the couch, watching the footy up in Cairns, which isn't a great watch because it's got uh, a lot of dew on the ground and it was a really poor uh, game of footy. You could, you're could, you not going to blame the, the weather, though. Probably just blame the two teams. And uh, Adelaide to kick seven goals in a row. They kicked seven, six themselves. Phil Thorpe. Uh, the free kick was probably controversial source. The second last goal he kicked uh, on the line. We don't know what that free kick was for and neither do the commentators, but uh, he got the free kick, kicked the goal, and uh, they still had to kick another one to win the game. Uh, from the top of the goal square, I don't know how he got the ball, kicked it over his head. The ball lands in the goal square with 15 players around the footy source. I don't know how no one even ran for the ball and tried, tried to touch it through. So they got the thing. Uh, hopefully it puts a stick up St Kilda to say, let's uh, let's review this and see what's actually gone wrong and what's happening. And I know they've got a lot of players on the injury list, but to be 36 points up against Adelaide Crows team, you're not playing against Richmond. You're not playing against one of the top teams. You're playing against Adelaide, 36 points up. You're at Cairns. It's dewy. It's not, there's no free-flowing footy. You can lock it down. You can do whatever. They just didn't do it. They didn't take care of business. And they've given up leads, 36-point leads to be exact, over the last couple of seasons. So it is very concerning for St Kilda Footy Club. Well, it's not even concerning just this result, Pez. Obviously, it's it's really concerning when you know a team uh, gives up a massive lead and you have a big comeback. For me, it's unacceptable. Is 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 the expectations that we had for St Kilda and what they're actually displayed on on the film on on the, on the field? They've won 19 quarters this year. I think about that. A team that finished in what two wins away from a grand final, one win away from a grand final, realistically, or from playing off for a grand final. Nineteen quarters this year they've won. North's won seventeen. Like it, it's, I know that you've had they've had a lot of injuries, but it's extremely unacceptable. What's gone wrong from last year? And the expectations, people had them top four. We'll be both had them in the top eight. You know, they were up and they were in, they had a fast brand of football last year. They exciting were exciting to watch. to watch. They were, you know, they haven't changed anything. They're just 
terrible uses of the football all the time and the decision making and it's not the first time they've thrown away a decent sort of crack a decent decent sort of lead this season. They've got they've got too many passengers. They've got so many players who either don't have a role or don't know what they're doing. Uh, they their entry inside forward fifty is is atrocious. They've they're going uh, mostly after Jack Higgins, who's marking it on his chest from forty out. Uh, wasn't able to convert on the weekend, but uh, Max King, you feel like he's not getting used. He needs to get on his bike, get up the ground, get involved in the game. Like he he didn't touch the footy in the in the first quarter until the the end at the siren when he got the the mark and the kick for goal. But uh, he he's not doing enough. I know he's only twenty years old, source uh, just nearly, nearly twenty one years old. So he's got a bit of time to develop, but. The pressure that's coming on him now because of what this team has done in the past and what they're doing is not good for, for him and his, his state, his goal kicking, all, all of that stuff. And uh, no Tim Membry on the weekend, no Seb Ross, uh, no Roel Marshall, but there, there's no excuse when you're when you're 36 points up because you're 36 points up without all those players. So you, you insert those players, you might not be 36 points up. You don't know what's going to happen, but... Uh, just for Saints fans everywhere, I'm on all the, the you know the media pages on the, on the socials, and every single week it's the same bullshit where they're going on and they're blaming all the players and they're having having goes at this, having go at that. Like, what what are you meant to do? You you can't do anything about it. Like you've the the players just have to continue to work hard, and it's the same message every week from from the coach. But you'd think after a 75 point loss to Essendon earlier in the season, that would have put a you know fire up the up their ass, but it hasn't. Okay, so is this the week that where they drop all the players? Like they've been talking about it for weeks now, and then they're continually using the the um, you know, they're continually using injuries as a bit of an excuse. But I, I know I know that they they were out with without Seb Ross, who decided to go home to for you know for, to help out with his twins. Controversial, they, a little well. bit controversial, depending on where which side of the fence you sit on. It was an unideal situation for the AFL to you know, and for St Kilda to be put in that situation, not knowing if where they were going to be playing up until a couple of days beforehand. The fly in, fly out aspect of things, but as you said, Pez, you're thirty six points up, third quarter. Worst case scenario, you know, in that you still win that by a couple of you know by a goal. Worst case scenario, yeah, you should not lose that ever, ever, especially against a team that you've hold goalless till the sixteen minutes of the second quarter. And it wasn't, it wasn't that they were, you know, missed opportunities. They were held almost scoreless up until that point. And it's just St Kilda need to have something done. They're, they're having an internal review. They're, they're looking at doing an internal re- review. Uh, Jared Roughhead was on uh, Footy Classified, not Footy Classified, Footy Three AFL Three Sixty during the week, and he was talking about that. And they're, they're going to be part of this big review, but. Something needs to change, and, and it's it's interesting because next year for St Kilda fans, I know we're looking ahead now, where are they? Where the hell is St Kilda, this team that invested heavily in this year to to put themselves in, in finals contention? Where the hell are they? Their bottom six is is not up to it. Bottom they, six? They don't have... They don't have superstars like like other, other clubs do. you got Jack Steele as your best player who's, you know, he's, he's a great player. He, he's not a superstar Brownlow medal contender type uh, player. You've got these players coming in and no, no fault of their own. Jack Loney, he should never play AFL again. And not just because of the weekend. It's the same crap for three years. He's a really good VFL player, Source. He, he's small in stature. Uh, he he can't contest. Uh, he's, he's got good pressure sometimes. But when we kick the ball, it's not his fault because St. Kilda kicked the ball to him up the line mm. to a high marking contest about five times a game. And... You can't be doing that because he's not going to win those contests. He needs to be at the feet and doing those things. But you've got players like uh, Higgins and Billings who are up there as well, who are those small type forwards. Like our forward structure is just no good at the moment. You've got some young players there that, that are going all right. Um, Long was really fumbly on the weekend, but Dunstan as well. He's had a couple of couple of gigs on uh, Cunnington and then Sloan on the weekend. He had 26 disposals, 10 tackles, but I, I don't think he's up to AFL standard either. I think he's a VFL player. He gets 42 and kicks two in the VFL and comes into the AFL and butchers the ball. So uh, there's, a, there's a few things where the, the coaches or whatever, we need to make those list changes where we don't want, if we've got injuries, we don't want these players in. <laughs> we, want, we want some younger some players young, in young to, try and, through. Yep. to try and develop them because these players here, they're not going to be in our next premiership side. They're not going to help us do anything. They're going to help us maybe compete. In a, in a couple of matches in round 13, round 14 of a, of a season. What does it mean? doesn't mean anything. 
Yeah, and I guess St Kilda's been really lucky this year that they've the, the expectations have been um, sort of stifled a little bit by the injury count. But you, you make a really good point there because the players who are getting games are not going to be in your next premiership and you're breeding no talent from the from the lower end, from the younger end, because you've given away those draft you've picks thinking, all the way. thinking you're going to compete. And realistically, if this doesn't work in the next three or four years with if the trajectory at the moment continues, you're going to be bottom four. The way that you're continually playing at the moment, if you have those injuries, you don't breed that young talent, then you're stuffed for the next 10 years. And St Kilda's back down to the bottom of the ladder and you've, got, and you've got a Carlton situation. You know, I mean, you're very lucky that Carlton and Collingwood have been underperforming as much as they had. Um, and, you know, you've got those injuries to sort of hide it. But really, really disappointing from St Kilda. And I'm sorry that we, we spent so much time on it, Pez. I know that's hard for you. I did Not sorry I, to me. I did, I'm sorry to listeners. I did, I did check on the weekend for you. I messaged you. Saying, are you right, mate? You're alive? Because uh, I hadn't heard from you <laughs> <laughs> after the Saturday night. And I thought, oh, I better just check in on you. But That was not a good time. No, but I knew that something would have uh, got you going on that Sunday. And that was an absolute cracking game from your favourite team, Pez. You, know, you, you could be your second team. They're actually performing uh, about the same as St Kilda. Oh, when they're playing Tasmania, how good are they? How good are they? Uh, what, 28 points up at three-quarter time and uh, they've... They could be my favourite team because they've given up a big lead. <laughs> they've given up a big lead. You know, we talk about North Melbourne uh, playing GWS Giants, and as Pez said, they took a 28-point lead, very unprecedented for them going into a last quarter. Um, but then they realised that they are going for, for bottom two, uh, bottom uh, bottom of the ladder, looking for draft picks. They are doing a rebuild properly. They were uh, fantastic up until then, and then Toby Green went into the middle, Pez, and what an absolute legend he is. He won the ball. Uh, GWS probably should have won this game in the end, but um, absolute fantastic finish. To, to escape with a draw and uh, GWS keep their finals hopes uh, barely alive and uh, North Melbourne keep their bottom uh, of the ladder finish alive. As it, even though it's a draw and, you know, everyone was really disappointed on, on field afterwards, North Melbourne will be happy with that and mm-hmm. it, it's ba- not to say that um, a draw is good or anything, but they'd be happy with their performance. We know they fade out in games and we know teams, you know, score heavily against them. So to give up a 28-point lead is not good. But as Jack Siebel said on the field, they've been through it before, those senior players. Now those younger players have gone through it. They'll learn from that, yep. okay, and can, they'll continue to go. You look at the GWS side, there's not many positives out of that. No. To, to be able to be 28 points down against the worst side of the last 20 years, the worst list of the last 20 years, that's unacceptable. If you were actually – they were on a streak, yeah? They were going good. They were, they'd won, what, five out of the last six mm-hmm. or something like They're that. They're looking good. And they were looking at actually competing for finals and Leanne Cameron is going to save his job. And then they go and they perform like that, do that. What, they just flick a switch like Richmond do and, and they're not Richmond. They haven't got that much they talent. Don't, they don't have the pedigree. They can't just flick the switch and go, all right, we're going to play for 15 minutes and we're going to win the game. Um, they drew. Uh, if they had got over the line and won, it might not have been the best thing for them, Source, because they do need to learn from this. A loss would have been much better, but... Uh, it's just disappointing for the the Giants fans we we say this all the time with with the Giants fans we say that the talent we say that it would have been better this was a good loss for them because now they'll go back and think about it this was disgusting for them. Like the, the only person that showed up was uh, Nick Haynes, in the you know, and and Josh Kelly was gallant in a lot of his efforts, getting you know a whole lot of the pill. But he was no, no in no way a game game match winner. This is where you needed Taranto to display the the form he's ever been the last month. You know, there were there were players there that really just were disappointing. So Tim Taranto was one of them. Um, Hopper was uh, was disappointing. Whitfield basically got shut out of the game. And, and these are the players. And again, the talent on them it, it just oozes talent. It's disappointing that they've come. It's actually not even disappointing anymore, Pez. It's it's a sta- it's standard for GWS to underperform with all the talent they've got there and give away a valuable two points. That's probably going to cost them in the end because we know that when they get to September, they can be damaging, and they've got the list there to do it. But let, let's be honest. Let's not take anything away from North Melbourne. They were they were fantastic in this effort, and they have been building towards this for a couple of weeks, and it was great experience for some of the young guys. But GWS, we can't keep hope hoping on this, Pez. But it was shit-ass for them. Yeah, they're shit. As, as I said, it's a, it's not good for them. You can't look at any positives from it. Um, aren't North Melbourne lucky they got Todd Goldstein still because uh, he's still an absolute star and around the ground. I think he plays better when he's in Tasmania, to be honest. He's played some really big games in, in Tasmania against some other big Ruckman. So, um, well, well done to North. I think North fans, are, is it still going to be disappointed with the draw? Of course. So you're still going to be disappointed. Yeah, I was watching the, watching it with my old man and he was really disappointed yeah. because they had a nice lead. And as you said, the, the, they were inexperienced, they were young, and, and they made the, the, the mistakes you expect a team to do in that situation. So it's frustrating for them because they had a rough two years. Three yeah. years. And Four years. It might keep going, but uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. The next game was my oh, favourite game of the a, round. What a game. Source. We had West Coast take on Richmond. 
And uh, right down to the last couple of minutes, uh, West Coast able to steal it at the end. You didn't think it was going to happen, did you? No, no, you really didn't. You thought uh, when Richmond sort of jumped ahead in that fourth quarter, you thought it was pretty much done and dusted, and you thought that Richmond were going to do Richmond things, similar to what they did to Essendon in that last quarter um, a couple of weeks ago for the, the Dreamtime game where they dismantled them. But West Coast were, you know, they had their backs to the wall. They had a couple of nice ins. Elliot Yo was fantastic in that in that last uh, in that last quarter. You know, he had 10 disposals, seven clearances, and eight inside 50s for the quarter, which really propelled them into a spot to win it. And... Uh, Round the body, the banana, <laughs> Kennedy. What a kick. What a celebration. Um, and some amazing images coming out of there. Liam Ryan, his celebration for Kennedy's goal was second to none. And his pickup in that last quarter to get the ball down there, oh, my God, is he great to watch. Even when he's not kicking the ball, like kicking goals, when he's not marking up high. It's just beautiful. He, he's an elite user of the footy. And that pickup, oh, yeah. oh. It's a disappointing the kick. I think went fourteen and a half meters source uh, on <laughs> on the measuring tape. Hey. <laughs> Hey, don't talk to me about uh, kicks not been going the journey, mate. He's talking about four points going going the wrong place. Oh, but uh, disappointing for for Richmond. It's not even disappointing. It was a great game of footy. Um, they should have, you know, they should have done what S, done what Richmond do that that you know premiership pedigree where they just get the job done. But uh, a brave effort from West Coast in front of the SBS crowd, and they need to make sure they bank those wins because could have been panic stations if they went two in a row at uh, at West Coast losing. No, I, I think it was. Um I think it was a very important game for Richmond to actually hold on and win there because they find themselves a game and percentage outside of the top four. You'd want to win. We know they're probably one of the teams that can win it outside the top four source, but yeah. you'd want to get into the top four uh, in the first place. So a player that really impresses me and impresses me all the time for West Coast. I don't know where they find these guys. Tom Barras, he, he, he's intercept marking and just his one-on-one uh, defense is just elite. And I, I'm thinking to myself, why can't, my club, pick up guys like this. Pick up him, pick up uh, uh, a forward that, that can snag goals and kick goals like Cozzy Pickett. Why, why can't other teams just go and do this? West Coast seem to, to seem to find it. They've got uh, Jack Darling, who's been down on, on form over the past couple of weeks, Source. I think he's one of the best contested marks in the comp. You've got Josh Kennedy, who people are saying, you know, he's too old, he's going to retire. Look what he's come out and done on the weekend. You've got Oscar Allen, who goes forward and plays back. He's a young forward. They've got a really good midfield. If they get their injuries right as well and they can win a few more games, they're dangerous. Especially with a home, in gr- September. home ground like SBS Stadium. They've got the pedigree uh, of the premiership experience. They, they snagged one probably uh, ahead of the time the timeline that they were probably projected. And Pez, you're right. They're, they're not an old team. They, they seem to keep finding guys to slot into to just... Do the do the right things, do the the club thing, and they just get the job done. Um, I had my doubts about them this year, but Pez, uh, big win for for West Coast for them. Let's not take anything away from West Coast coming from behind again and 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 snagging a really important victory for the club. Massive win for West Coast. They uh, a couple of games clear from Fremantle in that ninth position now. So it would be uh, very disappointing if they. Uh collapsed and didn't make finals this year so we should see west coast in there they should now fight for at least fifth or sixth to at least get one of those home finals and get that massive crowd over there it's great to watch footy over there isn't it uh, on on the tv i'd love to uh, go to that stadium uh pretty soon if we, if we have again with this covid crap as long as it's not uh, grand final day uh, pez uh, let's keep that in melbourne uh, but you're right it's an absolute spectacle that ground speaking of absolute spectacles we had the big free uh, big freeze on the queen's birthday done a little different this year um, raised a lot of money and it was still fantastic but the big story from the day is collingwood nathan buckley has to be the un- well, i don't want to say if i say unlucky but i can't tell a coach ever that's won back to back games he's on a winning streak and he's not going to be coaching next week it's not because he, of the buy. Because he wanted to save face, mate. That's that's what's happening. He, he's looking at his future and, and what's going to happen. He's being celebrated. Usually when you get sacked, Source, it's because you're down the bottom oh, of the ladder he, like he Colin Wood. Right? Oh, he, he didn't get sacked, Pez. He didn't get sacked. He stepped down. He didn't, didn't get the, the tap on the shoulder. The imaginary tap on the shoulder didn't happen. Didn't it happen. Was, uh, it was his decision. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. Um, of course he got sacked. They're down the bottom of the ladder. But... Uh, Collingwood fans wanted him gone, and now that he's won a couple of games, they, they want him to stay. Like it, It's really hit and miss with what, what you hear in the media and on social media and things like that. Collingwood had a fantastic performance, led by Jordan Ngoi in that first half. Uh, he had 20 disposals. Uh, he had around three goal assists in that in that first half, just just off his own boot. Uh, couldn't couldn't get hit the scoreboard and, and wasn't uh, 
amazing in that second half. So he wasn't in, in competition for the medal or anything like that. But they had uh, Pendlebury, who was really impressive, and Braden Maynard in defence. Some days he kicks, some, day, some days he can't. And, and this day, he could. He had 26 kicks. He's, he's rough as guts. He goes hard at the footy. And uh, he took some really good marks as well and defensive marks that stopped Melbourne's run. Yeah, de- interesting uh, game for for Melbourne fans as well watching this. Uh, they couldn't do anything right, Pez. And it's, it's hard coming up against a team that you should beat. You've been touted the, the best team in the league, premiership favourites, uh, sports best paid out on you. You were impressive against Richmond. And then you come up in a really disappointing fashion uh, against a Collingwood side that realistically have they're not playing for anything, Pez. This this would have been a really big test for for Melbourne, and once again, big stage, big expectation. They disappoint. It was only last week, Pez, that we said we had to believe in them, and what happens this week? They throw away an absolutely pretty putrid performance. Um, and the two it, games they've lost, Adelaide and Collingwood. It's it's disgusting, Pez, and I got an interesting text during the week about um, you know some of the some of the the actual. Players that they have, they're just they're just uninspiring. Oliver was, you know, basically no impact in the game. He knows he, he was a person who gets uh, a hell of a lot of the ball when they're winning, but when the when the ball needs to be won and he needs to go out there and get it, just couldn't get the job done. Petrarca, you know, they're flat track bullies. Pets. They they only beat up on the teams that they they you know once they get a commanding lead, and then when they come up against a side that they should beat. They are the arrogance and the, you know the inexperience and it they're just they're, has to be something like they're that. They're just piss it? It has to, That's the only thing you can put it down to. Well, you know when a coach gets sacked and the the I don't know the stats around it source, but when they come out and they win win for their coach in the last game, that's kind of what it was. The the miracle over there it was up at the SCG. Um, but the big news from the day is uh, a lot of money raised for Fight MND and, and Neil Danaher doing a great job down there and the Danaher family and all the sliders, congratulations to them for, for you know doing it for charity and, and getting in the icy cold water. Uh, one of my favourites from the day, he wasn't there, it was uh, Craig Bellamy, the storm coach. He was in a Elsa costume, the, the dress, and he was up in uh, Queensland and they put the ice buckets over him and uh, everyone gets around it and Neil Danaher, what a man. What a man, Pez. But uh, a bit disappointed that you put the him as the winner of the costume. I thought it would have been the the VBs. You enjoyed Billy's. Billy Brownless' uh, yeah, budgie smugglers and the VBs on display. But no, I I didn't because, what, is he, is he getting paid for that little, little sponsorship there? No. No way. Yeah. No. He just loves a froth. The old Billy loves a froth Does there, he? Pez. Yeah, you know what? I was disappointed with Billy. And the reason I didn't choose Billy is because I thought he would uh, go down the slide with a froth in his hand. Yeah, probably probably would have uh, lost the AFL some sponsorship there <laughs> yeah. if he'd gone about that. Um, but Pez Robert Harvey takes over the Collingwood Magpies for the time being, and um, he's probably you know his job's been made a hundred percent easier because he doesn't have that big you know conundrum of where to play uh, Darcy Moore because Darcy Moore is out for the season uh, with a with a pretty horrible knee injury, which will, will you know one of the positives he was you was when he was playing down back and. Bucks tried to experiment and put him up forward, but Robert Harvey doesn't have that uh, conundrum. <laughs> well, we'll see how Robert Harvey goes. He's, he wants to be a career coach. He's uh, good opportunity. He's applied for a couple of couple of gigs in in the past and hasn't got them. So uh, good, uh, good. Uh, I don't know what is it. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. He's a he's a champion of St Kilda, and I loved him growing up. And uh, it's gonna it's already hurts to see him in Collingwood colours, and now to see him as the head coach, yeah, it doesn't, it's doesn't still, look right, does it? It's, it's not right at all. You see at Geelong when they've got, like, uh, who they got, Corey Enright and all those blokes still at, at the club and good. Scarlet like and all like them, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, speaking of things that look good, Pez, let's get into our uh, bet review for this week. Soft review. It's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. It's looking good. Yeah, you think it's looking good. Uh, we've just uh, rambled on about uh, the round of footy, didn't we? It was, it was a big was round of footy, Pez. A lot of things to, to talk about there. So so getting into our review, um, we've got the emojis up on Twitter, at Behind the Bounce. So, you, so you've got to get around them. We'll go through the games as it as it was. Uh, my bet slip wasn't too good this week, Sauce. Uh, it was about the same as mine, Pez. So uh, I, I do appreciate that you've got the hard hat 
hard hat on from your, your big fall from uh, from the top of the building. No, no. So that's uh, that's a, a hard, that's a hard hat. Yep, he's a bricklayer. No, no, because okay. you fell from fifteen percent last week to nine percent. Yeah, so that's so to I got to I got to build build my hotel back up. Nah, and, with uh, all the with all the talk about going. head injuries this this week, it's good <laughs> to see you protected from <laughs> the big fall there, Pez. I'm a bit disappointed that uh, I I don't even know if I'm on an island anymore, Pez. You didn't get the emoji with the water. Well, <laughs> the you water. had it, you had the water last week when you were over five percent. You've yeah. lost the sand and uh, so you've I've just got the umbrella. Just got the umbrella. I don't know what you're doing. Are you in the water? I'm sneaking around back. That's what it is. I'm sneaking around back. You know what it is? You have no idea where you are. Plus one. Eight, 1%. You don't know if you're on the beach, off the beach, but uh, try and make your way into that foyer, mate. I'll try and re- I'll try and rebuild it this week and, yeah, and get I'll, back over 10 Just make sure that you haven't got a concussion, Pez, and you know where the door is because uh, I'm definitely coming for you. And I thought I was coming for you uh, last week when I started off within the first minute of the game. I was already up uh, 50 bucks with Geelong kicking the first goal of the game in the first two minutes. Sports bets paying out on that, but they went on to win anyway. 50 bucks at $2. Thank you very much. And uh, which, that's all I'm going to talk about for the rest. Yeah, round. which, which <laughs> helped me because I had my 50 bonus bet on that game a same game multi of uh, Geelong head to head and Cameron to kick a goal so that uh, saluted and I was 50 bucks in profit after that that, uh, Thursday night so that was going real well until the next day uh, my first original bet Chad Warner was uh, laid out so he um he, he didn't get he didn't get in the side, so my bet was void, and I decided to put on a cheeky live bet uh, with Sydney minus twenty nine and a half, and we know that Hawthorne won by thirty eight points, so that didn't work out very well, and the overs uh, went under, so no bonus bet or anything from that for me. No, a bit disappointing for you, Pez. Uh, I went into the, the Sydney Hawthorne game and uh, thought it was looking pretty good. Lost in the first quarter when Sydney went down and continued to lose for the rest of the game. Jake Lloyd didn't get twenty five. Isaac Tahini didn't kick two goals, so uh, over three in that one. It was looking good. <laughs> Geez, mate, I'll tell you, my cheeky would have uh, would have been handy this week to, to get up. I was uh, three from four. I had Fremantle head-to-head, which got up. Luke Ryan to get 20, Swallow to get 20, got up easily. I had the overs, the over 158 and a half, and uh, it was no good source because they scored 36 points combined in the first half, so that was already over at the start. So I'll just get a bonus bet for this week. A bonus bet. Uh, yeah, well, my bonus bet I put on um, not the next game, Pez, the, the Dockers' Suns. I uh, didn't have a bet for that one, but I put on the next game after that uh, and really, really, really disappointed because at uh, three-quarter time, I was looking pretty good. Max King to kick two or more goals and uh, St. Kilda 40-plus for a nice little profit of 175, but we all know how that unfolded. Yeah, well, when Brad Crouch put him 36 points up, Max King had already kicked two. You were, you were laughing there. Uh, laughing. I had St Kilda head to head, Brad Crouch twenty five and more disposals. Higgins anytime goal scorer. Higgins went zero and two. He's continuing his goal kicking form. I backed him in after the after the Sydney game and uh, didn't work. And St Kilda couldn't get the job done anyway. So not even a bonus. I had the max on that and uh, didn't return the one forty three like I planned. Very annoying, Pez. Uh, we get on to the next game, which was the North Melbourne versus Giants game. Um, I escaped with a bonus bet from that one. I had Toby Green to get 15. He did that pretty easy. Hayes to get 15. He had number 22. Torano to get 25. He got that. Uh, but Lockie Whitfield was a bit disappointing over 27.8. Nothing. Nothing. He's, he was uh, really quiet, wasn't he? Was he was very quiet, and I thought that was the shoe in for it, and I was a little bit annoyed because I was tossing up between him and Josh Kelly. Similar sort of lines, and I thought, you know what? Lockie Whitfield will have a big one. To be well, I had uh, I had absolutely no chance because uh, I had Greater Western Sydney to lead at half time and and three quarter time, so no good, no good. And I had them at the line at twenty four and a half, pretty confident uh, within their form they could get the job done against North. But uh, twenty eight points down at three quarter time, no good there. No good, and it continued with me, Pez, because in that fourth quarter was looking good. The tail of the fourth quarters uh, for me, because a couple of my bets were looking good this week, last week, and then get to the fourth quarter and disappointing. I had Richmond one to thirty nine, and uh, we all know how that unfolded as well. Kennedy snagging a beautiful goal. You don't mind losing a bet with some uh, artistry like that, Pez. So I uh, lost twenty five for that. Bit disappointing, yeah, but bit unlucky. Great goal, great yeah. game, and uh, that's what we love about footy. That's what you've got to be able to take. And uh, the next day, day oh, is that a bit of an omen, what you're going to do? Just bet on the first three quarters of the game and not worry about the last. <laughs> well, I might have to start doing you that. You just got to start going to bed early, turn the TV <laughs> off three-quarter time. Uh, just like your Saints, like just like your Saints, yeah. <laughs> Melbourne versus Collingwood, I had Cosie Pickett to kick two or more goals, uh, and any time goal scorer, no good. Uh, Melbourne didn't win, so <laughs> 25 gone oh, again. I put my bonus bet for that one and absolutely balls it up. Uh, Clayton Oliver didn't get close to most disposals. Uh, 
Alex Neil Bullen got his 15 because I pick it didn't kick a goal. Petrarca didn't kick a goal, so lost that. Yeah, bonus well done. For that, that was, game. That was, <laughs> that was real good. <laughs> uh, just like my multi, Sydney minus 12 and a half already lost. Uh, lost then. St Kilda minus nine and a half, looking real good in that third quarter when they're up by 36 points, and uh, that's no good. And GWS minus five and a half, still couldn't get the job done. So oh from three in my multi. Mine was uh, 50% multi pairs: Geelong, St Kilda, Richmond, and Melbourne. Uh, St Kilda and Melbourne, the two teams that I thought were probably the the, the, the guarantees of them, let me down. So uh, the Richmond, Richmond game, or the Richmond either. was fifty fifty that way. So what were you one for four there? Yeah, one, no one, one for four. Yeah, and, and it should have been at least uh, three for four. It's three for four, and then Melbourne disappoint you on the last. It day, should have been four for four. That, that's that's <laughs> a winning bet. No, it's not a winning bet. There's a cross. Oh, that's a winning bet. Three of the teams lost. As you said, if three three of those quarters <laughs> were done. <laughs> not in the Melbourne game. Not no. in the Melbourne game. Uh, so for the season, or well, for the round source, I staked 160. I only returned 50 bucks. So uh, a poor, set, poor round there, uh, minus 68.75. I can't say the same for a poor season because I staked four th- uh, $2,435, returned $2,671.95 for a return on investment, 9.73%. Dropped under the 10% for the first time in months. First time in months Pez that's uh, heartbreaking for you I staked 175 for the round with, thanks to a live bet that uh, was a waste of time um, <laughs> returned $100 so an ROI of minus 42.85% for the season a little disappointing but I am coming closer to that little establishment that you're building on that island Pez $2,250 staked for the year returned $2,290.74 an amazing ROI of 1.81% Pez I've, I've got a I've got a reason why my bet slip was so poor. I, I was actually um, on the buy this week. That was my oh. my turn to be on the buy. So I'm I'm back and ready to go uh, for round fourteen. Yeah, we'll see how that unfolds, Pez. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about fifty meters out. I was with a mate, and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave, and he, he said, um, "I think I'm going to whack ten on." On Maxi, do you want do you want some as well? And I, I said, Oh yes, yes, yes. Big call there, Pez, coming into uh, <laughs> the round, looking for something special. But something that we can guarantee is uh, the sports, or not just the sports bet, but the specials for the round. Cyril takes a special and goes bang. Before we get into the specials, uh, Finster didn't come on last week. He should have come on this week as well. <laughs> but if you have a look at uh, my beer fridge there, I've got a little magnet on it. Jimmy Brings, you heard about this company? No. So Jimmy Brings, they've are put... They, are they a sponsor of the podcast? No, they, well, they might be, but they've put a couple of magnets in my letterbox source. So I've got it out, put it on the fridge, uh, went to log in and download the app today. It says wine, beer and spirits in 30 minutes. They put it in my letterbox where I live. Downloaded the app. They said, sorry, we're not in your area yet. <laughs> 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 Nothing special about that, Piers. Uh, it's, it's like points bet a bit. <laughs> What's going on there? I'm, I'm not happy with that. But uh, the specials for this week, uh, I could <laughs> just... <a> interesting <laughs> segue there, Piers. Interesting. Um, in, I could just say the same as last week, pretty much. For, goal in first two minutes for the Geelong Western Bulldogs game and you win. Uh, Source, you took advantage of that last week. We don't usually like that special, but... Uh, there we go. All matches this round, three-plus leg AFL, same game multi, up to three refunds per match. All matches this round, three-leg uh, head-to-head AFL multi, and one loses, you get a bonus back. Move over to tab, you've got two games with the same game multi special, Geelong Bulldogs and Hawthorne Essendon. You've also got the head-to-head special, the same as sports bet there. Head over to lads, you've got the $2 lines for Geelong versus Western Bulldogs. Neds have the Geelong versus Western Bulldogs, same game multi, and uh, we don't need to speak about points bet, so there you go. There we go, Pez. Get into the, the blockbuster this Friday night. There'll be 7,000 people at this game, Pez. Uh, more than a North Melbourne game. So Geelong taking on Western Bulldogs. Uh, Geelong are heavy favourites. $1.62. for the outsiders in the Bulldogs. You're the line is about minus North, seven huh? and a half. Don't be so rude and talk through you're mine, mate. To, yeah, I let you rave on about oh, Jimmy no. Brings alcohol. <laughs> he doesn't bring it. He's <laughs> not, he's not <laughs> available. I'm, I'm going to take your, your magnet and see if he brings it in my area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. But speaking of teams that do need to bring it, the Western Bulldogs are the outsiders at 231. The line is minus seven and a half. The over-under is 150 and a half pairs. And I'm paying out on the Bulldogs because I'm just upset that uh, – not the Bulldogs, sorry, North Melbourne because I'm upset at the AFL for one not moving them to Tasmania and you know keeping football alive and giving Tasmania a football side. I'm upset at the AFL for allowing seven thousand fans at this game to only people in the in the those areas in Geelong area. You want to go? Yeah, I want to go. I I, want to go to the football. I've paid my membership. I want to go to the football, and it's disappointing that we're allowed to go to everything else. We're allowed to do other stuff, but I can't go to a regional area where there's been no COVID cases. It just just shits me. 
Who's not happy about that? I'm not going to be old. I was looking forward to Friday night footy and uh, I can't go. Well, hopefully your bet sleeps a little bit better than your attitude at the moment. But uh, I think Geelong can get the chocolates just because it's down at GMHBA. It'll be interesting with only 7,000 people there. The dogs haven't been too impressive uh, in, in recent weeks uh, in, in terms of their performance. So Geelong, I think Jeremy Cameron has been inserted and, and changed that team profusely. Cameron Guthrie comes back in this week. Uh, Dangerfield uh, a game under his belt last week as well. Uh, they had an interesting travel schedule last week when oh. they were sleeping in the, the bright lights. Sleeping under in the, the bright lights. Jeremy Cameron was sleeping under uh, one of those card tables <laughs> and the boys had to wake him up a couple of hours before. That's gross, isn't it? Just just there ready to go. But... Um, yeah, into dollar sixty-two. What I've done, sources. I'll put a same game multi on over at Ned's, so I get the the special if uh, two win and one loses. I've got Geelong head to head. I've got Geelong alternate line plus thirty-six and a half. That's just for insurance. And then Geelong at the line at two bucks minus seven and a half by itself. So it's minus seven and a half by itself. This multi that I've got is two bucks as well. So still the same price, but I've put those two other legs in because if Geelong win but don't win by seven and a half. I get the bonus bet back. Ah, oh, it's a good little thinking there, Pez. And uh, you've got ten cents up on a and a guaranteed, uh, you know, seven and a half line. So that's that's pretty decent. Uh, I've gone with a three leg same game multi. I agree with you, Pez. I think that line is a great little line of seven and a half, especially in Geelong. I've gone with Tom Stewart to get twenty. He does that um, every week, um, and I don't know how he's still sitting at a dollar thirty three to get mm. twenty, especially with the brand of football that Geelong play. You know, really anchoring it from the from the back line. Quite often he kicks the ball in, jump on him, and I've. Gone uh, anytime goal scorer Tom Hawkins a uh, dollar twelve for him to kick a goal, which is incredible odds now that most people are sitting at a dollar one to kick a goal, and <laughs> there's twenty two blokes sitting at dollar one most $1. weeks. So a dollar twelve uh, is good little value just to bump it up two seventy, and I've whacked twenty five on that one, Pets. Well, good luck with that. What um what milestone do you reckon Lockie Hunter's playing? How many games do you reckon he's played? Oh, what milestone? You've got a couple of guesses. 50? 150. 150 really? this week. Yep. There you go. There you go. We get into uh, the next game, Gold Coast versus Port Adelaide. Yeah, we do. Uh, Gold a Coast. A couple more of those pearls for you. <laughs> there we go. Gold Coast versus uh, Port Adelaide. This one it has the Suns as outsiders, two dollars eighty-four. Port Adelaide after a disappointing home game last week, a dollar forty-three. The line is fourteen and a half, favouring the power. The over/under is one fifty-four and a half pairs. What are you doing with this one? Yeah, well, this one's a bit interesting. You've got Sam Collins, who's coming back into the side, and Sam Day, so that's big for Gold Coast. Uh, Lionheart and Lysette come back in for Port Adelaide with uh, Woodcock and Bo- – I was just going to say Boner, but uh, Woodcock and Boner out. So there you go, two omissions there. Todd Marshall is injured, which is, which is not very good. Uh, I've just gone to 50 straight up on this source with the Port Adelaide – uh, Suns in Queensland at Metricon, minus 14.5. I think the line's a little bit too low. I would have had it around 18.5, 19.5. So I've just whacked the max on that, thinking that they'll beat up on a poorer side. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think the line here in this one, 14.5, is very enticing. Uh, I've gone with a three-league same-game multi. Um, I've gone Peter Laddins to get 15 or more. He's been averaging 20. Um, the Gold Coast don't have a ruck, so he's going to get... Um, you know, probably split 50-50 in those ruck duels. He'll probably get a lot more of the ball. Brendan Ellis, uh, 20 or more, he, t- he does that most weeks, especially with the ball being down um, into, you know, Port Adelaide's uh, attacking half uh, for a lot of the game. And Carl Amon to get 20. That gives me odds of uh, $2.40. I've put 25 on it, though, Pez. I've got something a little bit extra for you, Pez. Got something a little bit okay. extra for you. Um, I haven't – well, I have put money down on this, Pez, and I don't know if you want to put this to my winnings or not, but this is the Finster special. And uh, uh, we can put it out to our supporter base there. He messaged me during the week and he said, you can whack this one in for money for VBs. So we might get a Finster account for money for VBs. What, so anyone can just message in and uh, no, be involved I, I, in the pod I, now? I, 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 did, I didn't <laughs> mind it. He is one of the fans of the show. And I thought, since you were using him and you were... I'm not uh, using him. He's you, not, you, not you used not him two weeks in. ago for the specials. And you, you he's got, not even coming in. <laughs> right, so he's gone uh, Charlie Dixon two or more goals, Georgie Alice for two or more goals, and Port Adelaide halftime leader gives you, bucks, uh, gives you money of four bucks. Right, and I've put 16 bucks on it because that's all that was left on my account after <laughs> I withdrew it. So uh, let's see how that goes. Money for VBs. So That's an Finster. interesting money for VBs. So, that's yeah, that's two goals thought. and two goals for those uh, big Two and house. two. Um, Robbie Gray, what milestone is he playing? 200. No, 250. Oh. Sauce, he's over two. Over two. Well, you can couple more. Couple, couple more this week. Don't you <laughs> cheat. Don't How am I going to cheat? <laughs> I do everything else for the show. I can't. Uh, Don't you cheat. I'm never going to cheat, Pez. All right. North Melbourne taking on Brisbane. Uh, North Melbourne are uh, outsiders $5.50. Brisbane, the dollar 15 favourites. The line is 34.5 over under 171.5. Yeah, uh, this one this one is pretty interesting. Luke McDonald coming back in. Hopefully he doesn't get injured again. 
And uh, Zorko's going out with that suspension and also Ryan Lester's injured as well for Brisbane Lions. Down in Tassie. So Norfolk enjoying it down there. You stay down there, COVID-free and uh, playing good footy. But I think uh, hopefully the day's good. Uh, the last couple of games I've watched in Tasmania have actually been good weather source and, and not as windy, so that's really good. I think Eric Hipwood's due. Uh, and Eric Hipwood pops up now and then and, and kicks a bag of goals, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's kicked one in the last five, I know that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's why he's going to pop up now. Uh, I think they'll use him against uh, North on the weekend, and I've put my uh, $10 bonus, my uh, cheeky. I'll get you to press the button there, Sauce. <laughs> cheeky! Hey, that's a new cheeky. Yeah. Look at that. A, a little couple bit of, of a wind-up. wind-up because uh, Eric Hipwood's going to have to wind up because it's uh, a bonus bet on him to score five, five or more goals. Hipwood to score five or more. <laughs> 12 bucks. That's not bad, actually. It's not go. bad. Uh, it is going to be wet in Tassie. It is going to be a little bit wet down there. Um, so that will be <laughs> interesting. Off the ground guess. in the goal square. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, I've gone with a uh, six-leg multi here, Pez, uh, and I've gone with McCluggy. How are we going to fit that on the bet slip? Yeah, well, good luck to you. Uh, That's M- selfish. Kicked, uh, sorry, I was about to say McCluggy used to That's kick 25. Selfish. McCluggy used to get 25 more disposals, Zach Bailey to get 15. And then over the last five weeks, all of these blokes have gold in the last five games. So Hipwood, Cameron, Danaher, and Bailey all to score a goal. That gives me odds of $3.60, and I've put 15 on that one. Yeah, good luck getting Hipwood to score a goal. Why? He's probably not going to score a goal. I'll put him to kick five. <laughs> He's going to go no. Yeah. Where's my milestone quiz for that one? No milestone quiz. Where's my quiz for that one? Okay. Um, how many... What what, <laughs> games, what game does this make uh, north at Bloodstone Arena? How many? Oh, I actually looked that up earlier today Did because you? I was looking at that. They've, uh, they've, what, they've played 27. Oh, you're close. Yeah. Yeah, 28. 20, oh, damn. <laughs> I didn't include last week's. Must have been outdated stats. <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, the next game. Great Western Sydney takes on Carlton. $1.60 favourites for the Giants. Somehow they still become favourites into games. Uh, probably disappointing everyone again. Carlton, speaking of disappointing, $2.28. Minus 8.5 in favour of the Giants. The over-under is 158.5. Yeah, another one. Uh, a couple of big ins. Perryman. Phil Davis come in for the Giants. Uh, Fogarty comes back in for Carlton, which is pretty good. Uh, but uh, Cottrell, disappointing, omitted. Mark Murphy omitted, so he's probably at the end of his, his career. And uh, Jack Noons uh, didn't even play last week as a Medi sub, and he's he's out of, on his ass as well. So everyone going on about him last year. Uh, get that up, yeah. But uh, GWS versus Carlton, this is a stay-away game from me, the Giants. I just don't know uh, what to pick with them because sometimes they're on and sometimes they're not. Interesting to see if Toby Green can actually kick more than one goal and not kick his one goal four, one goal five, as, as he usually does. Uh, if he does that, they'll get over the line. Uh, at the other end as well, if, if Mackay can uh, kick a bag, you know, Carlton can probably still lose. If he kicks a bag, he probably has to kick seven or eight for Who them knows? to win. Who we'll, knows with Carlton? We'll see what happens. But I, I don't have a, a bet. Before you do your bet there, Sauce, um, Paddy Dow, milestone. 150. No, 50. <laughs> You're shit at this. Yeah, shocking. All right. Uh, for mine, I've gone, uh, as you said, Pez, it's, it's going to be too hard to pick a winner from this one um, because you don't know who's going to show up. But what you do know is there's some certain things in football that you know. Nick Haynes, he gets 15 every single week. Tim Taranto, he gets you 25. Josh Kelly, he gets you 25. And Toby Green. Right, hopefully what's happened, they do something similar last week. They put him into that uh, that midfield later on in the game, like last quarter. He gets you 15 as well. That gets your odds of $2.80, and I've put 20 on that one, Pez. Oh, uh, Taranto. I don't know about the Taranto. Like, Taranto. 26 last week? Not, well, that's 25. Not, that's not easily. 25. Not easily. I didn't say easily. I said he, he gets it every week. He's, he's got it said. the last five weeks, Pez. There you go. All right. Yep. Yeah, the stats to back you up. Let's five, see, if, five, see, five if dollars, see if the dollars back you up. The dollars back me up. All right. Speaking of dollars, Hawthorne versus Essendon. The money is flying in for Hawthorne after their impressive win over Sydney. They started the week at, uh, at almost three bucks, and they're down to $2.45 now. Essendon outsiders $1.56. The line is 11 and a half, and the over-under is 176 and a half. Yeah, this one's, uh, uh, I really don't know. Because it's at um, University of Tasmania Stadium down there, uh, Hawthorne could have the, the, the advantage there. They, they lose Warple through suspension. Uh, Essendon lose Waterman, McGrath, Zaharakis, who wouldn't really matter. Uh, Ambrose has been admitted. Francis managed, and they bring in uh, their extended bench for the Sunday. So I think Hawthorne have a bit of a chance. What's the line down to? 11 and a half. 11 and a half now. All right, there you go. Um, I've actually got no bet uh, for this game per se, in, in this one. But I think uh, Hawthorne could have a bit of a chance. I, I would like that line to be out at uh, 15 and a half because uh, I think Essendon are a very poor footy side. 
I think that's a rubbish synopsis of the game, Pez. I think uh, Essendon will be out for blood. They've been improving over the last couple of weeks. And they'll remember round one, Pez. They'll remember round one when they gave up a 36 St Kilda-like lead. And that's why I've gone a a little bit. Cheeky. And 40 points, you are correct, Pez. That's exactly where I've gone with my uh, bet. I reckon Essendon can get this done, 40-plus. In Tasmania. In Tasmania. Darcy Parrish will get 35. Kale Hooker will call... Hale Hooker. (laughs) (laughs) He'll kick two or more. Don't worry, you don't need to say his name. Kale Hooker for the the listeners (laughs) out there. He'll kick two or more. That gets me odds of nine bucks, and I chucked on a $25 bonus bet from the other week, Pez. So that's... um, See you later, bonus bet. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) Get your hand off it, Pez. All right, Uh, let's get into it. Before we get into that, you've got one more chance to redeem yourself. Mason Redmond. 100. No, 50, 50. games. Come on, it's easy. It's, it's only easy for you, Pez. Because I, I can see it. Do you know what I was closer <laughs> with? It was, was closest with how many times North, North Melbourne's Melbourne. played in Tasmania. And you know what? I made that up. <laughs> no, that, I was, well, you made the answer up. Yeah, I, did, I didn't even look it up. Oh, well, go, through your, go through your multi, Pez, and I'll uh, tell you how right I was. You, go. you tell me how right you were. Uh, my multi this week, just uh, the three head-to-head special with Sportsbet. Geelong, uh, Brisbane, Port Adelaide. Together, those three. $2.66. Well, Pez, I'm going for the 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 rare five-legger. All my tips correct after a shocking last week. I can't go one tip. Uh, I've gone for Geelong, Port, Brisbane, GWS and Essendon. All to win. I've whacked 20 on that one, Pez, with odds of 667. 667. One of those fails, Pez, and I will get my money back in a bonus. But don't worry about that because it's going to be all chocolates for me. Oh, there you go. We we need it after, after last week and we've got five games to try and redeem ourselves. You got that stat yet? Yeah, I'm just getting up right now, Pez. They've played 24 there. They've played. Won 16, drawn one, and lost seven. So pretty close for me, and uh, you were terrible there. How many did they play? 24. I was close, wasn't I? I, I was close. It doesn't 20, matter if you were close. I, I, I was the one making the question. <laughs> yeah, but you made it up, <laughs> and you made me look look bad, and then I got excited when I was close. <laughs> and you were, you were further away now that you've looked it up? No, no, I was closer than you. No, but you were further away than you were with, with my answer. I was closer than you, though. You're going to cut that out, I reckon. Nah, no way. <laughs> All right, let's get into our next uh, segment, Pez, and our last one for the evening, Toin Cross. It was a toss of the coin. That fight wins the toss. Yes, it's been an unusual uh, year for Toin Crosses. Yeah, I'm not saying anything, Pez, because I stuffed up the intro, so I'm handballing it over to you. I don't know what you do. You're tired, Sauce. You need to go to bed, I reckon. Yeah, I'm really tired. It's been a big week. No, 9.30 uh, on, a, on a Thursday night. <laughs> Extremely busy. Get to bed. Uh, five games to go through in the in the coin toss, Sauce, and you usually say the lines. Uh, I, I do. I, I can continue to do that can if you, you want, Can Pez? you do that, or do uh, you want me to me to take over? Uh, well, I can do it, Pez. All, All right. right. So the first one is Geelong and the Doggies, uh, minus seven and a half in favour of the Cats. Yeah, you've got to go with the bet there, the Cats. Yep, me too. Gold Coast, Port Adelaide, minus 14 and a half. In Same t- thing. The bet, okay. Port Adelaide. Yep. Okay. <laughs> don't cut me off there. It's we, we want it to be quick and short pairs, but not not so much. Oh, that we don't so get. So I get told off every week, and now I'm too quick. Oh, well, that's what your missus says. So all right, uh, Port Adelaide minus fourteen and a half. They are the uh, the team is the minus their pairs, and I'll be going with them as well. North Melbourne, Brisbane minus thirty four and a half in favour of the Lions. Well, when Hipwood kicks five, uh, Brisbane. Yeah, I like that one as well. Uh, let's go with the Lions. GWS versus Carlton, minus eight and a half. Interested in this one. Uh, GWS. I'm going to go with uh, GWS as well. Hawthorne, Essendon, the line. You wanted it at 15 and a half pairs. It's still 11 and a half, five minutes later. So are you going with the 11 and a half in favour of no, Essendon? I need, need 15. So I reckon it's going to be 12, 13 point win to Essendon. So I have to go Essendon. Okay, well, I'll go Essendon too. And that's uh, another week that I'll stay on top, Pez. So yeah, you little We've been doing that all, all year pretty much. Stand on top of you, yeah, yeah, just, yeah pretty just much. Copying, yeah, just copying, just copying, get your head out. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I'll do that. You got a coin toss for me this week or what sauce? I do, Pez. This <laughs> is better than my reading skills and my uh, <laughs> talking skills. Uh, University of Tasmania or uh, Bloodstone, which is a better venue? Um, couldn't care less. <laughs> Keep your coin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll donate it. I'll donate <laughs> Oh, Pez, it's, it's <laughs> way too late for this. What time? What time? What time? What? Tell us where uh, everyone can uh, get in contact and tell us to. Uh, we we'll uh, probably apply for our jobs, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, at behind the bound, uh, especially you Tasmania listeners, uh, get around and uh, get down to those wonderful stadiums down in Tasmania this week and uh, don't donate your coin somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> donate to charity or something. Uh, best of luck in your punting and everything this week. I've been Pez. Peace out. Oh, I'm still sauce. We'll catch up next time.